Hey, Chris. Good to see you. Hey, Matt. It's been a while. It's been a month. A month with no mountains makes one week. W-E-A-K. You know, if we ever get to broadcast our uh, our podcast on a radio station, I hope they call uh, symbols are W-E-A-K. Um, so yeah, so you are tripping on roads with uh, Chris and Matt. This is our second season, although it's still fall. It's still fall. Um, but we are going on a little jump today, uh, maybe what, 12 miles away, 14 miles away? Thereabouts, yeah, to, so it should be a short episode here. To East Aurora, or maybe it's actually in Wales. I think it's in Wales. <laughs> not, for Christian Pullman listening, not the Wales of... Uh, Great Britain, but the whales of Erie County. Yeah, they have vowels here. We are... <laughs> I would like to hike Sno uh, uh, Snowdonia at some point in my life. But um, we are headed to Hunter's Creek County Park. Uh, it also has another name. Do you know the other name uh, of it? Sergeant Rademacher. Sergeant Rademacher. In true uh, county park fashion, they have uh, renamed the park in honor of one of our fallen, uh, um... I believe he was a soldier. Uh, army? Um, he was in the army, yeah. One of our fallen army, um, heroes, uh, from western New York. And, uh, yeah, but most people call it Hunter's Creek because Hunter's Creek, uh, runs through the park. Um, and it's really been adopted by the Western New York Mountain Biking Association. Now, uh, some of our listeners have uh, scoffed at the idea that Western New York could ever be like uh, uh, an outdoor tourism locale for mountain biking. Now, it's not going to be Colorado or California, but like, hear me out. If you're from Ohio, if you're from Ontario, I think the mountain biking around here might be pretty good. I hadn't really considered, yeah, that there's even flatter land around us. So, I think the exciting thing about today, going to Hunters Creek Park today, is actually just yesterday the Western New York Mountain Biking Association released a new trail map for the park. Um, so hopefully we'll be availing ourselves of that trail map and uh, seeing uh, seeing what mid-fall, I guess it's mid-fall, is it late fall? Mid-fall. 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 Um, what midfall uh, has in store for us in the forests of Erie County? I, it's interesting that you describe it as exciting when a, a mountain biking club releases a map of a county park. Oh, yeah, so uh, that, that's fair to say. Uh, I find maps very exciting. Oh, I love them. Yeah, love them. What's your favorite map? Oh man, um, that's a great question. I've got. Uh, the, the the Noli map of Rome in my house. It's uh, really quite beautiful. Uh, I also have, uh, I like old maps. I have a uh, 17th century French military map of uh, Havana, Cuba uh, hanging up in my house that I like to look at. It's a lot of fun. Um, not speaking French, I have to rely on cognates and, and whatnot to figure out what's going on. It's leaf blowers. Yeah, they're blowing leaves right the onto road. the road, which is actually illegal. It's very rude, too. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it is fall, the leaves are falling, and there are leaves everywhere. We don't actually, we, we try not to put too much leaves at the front lawn. We try to take our leaves and mulch them up with a mulching lawnmower. Put them back, put the nutrients back into the lawn. I live right next to some train tracks, and I just throw my leaves over the fence onto the train tracks. Is that really what you do? Yeah. Like directly under the train tracks? No, no, no. There's there's a, uh, a, a deep uh, cut that the train tracks are in, and there's a good 10 feet of, of land before you get into the cut. So, so I like, I'm composting them. All right, so so like there's not going to be a they're not going to get eleven p.m. news flash train derailed by leaves on the Beltway in Buffalo, New York. No, none of that. Okay, that, that seems fair. Did you ever burn leaves? Not since I was a kid. Is burning leaves legal? It's at the very least frowned upon. It's frowned upon. I was burning some leaves yesterday. Yeah. I almost caught one of the trees on fire because the flames were shooting out. You know, it's irresponsible people like you that make it illegal to burn. Well, it's people like you who make it so we can't have any fun. So. What do you mean? Because I derail trains. Yeah, and you you chastise those who burn leaves. I have no personal beef against it. You know how like mouth breather is like a derogatory term. You're such a mouth breather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're such a leaf burner. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be my new derogatory term du jour. Alright. Yeah, I uh, tried to pickle some green tomatoes that were left on my plants. And I think I uh, oversalted them and uh, got the brine the salinity too high and they, they didn't ferment properly. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that. That's a good name for, like, a pickle store. The Salty Brine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, go, I would shop there. Um, yeah, these tomatoes are, are fascinating because I didn't plant any tomatoes this year. They just were volunteer tomatoes that grew in a crack in my uh, parking pad. And when I realized that there were tomatoes, I didn't, uh, didn't weed them, let them grow. Unfortunately, they didn't actually ever ripen. They just stayed green. So I said, oh, well, I'll pickle them. And then I screwed that up. Were these tomatoes that you planted on purpose, or were they self-seeding tomatoes? Self-seeding tomatoes. They grew in a crack in the driveway. Very impressive. You really have the green thumb. I really do, without even trying. You know, a lot of people try to grow tomatoes from, like, you know, from seedlings. And they are unsuccessful. You didn't even try to grow a tomato, and you got a tomato yeah, I mean, tomatoes are pretty easy to get going, I think. Uh, I Anytime I compost anything or, I mean, anytime I grow them in the garden, the next year I've got volunteer tomato plants just growing up. Volunteer, I love that term for, uh, for uh, an offshoot of a planting. It just, it volunteers itself. Volunteers. I always call them suckers. Suckers? Yeah. So, like, we have a locust tree. The locust tree just puts out these suckers. Like, oh, all the, the, yeah, those are suckers. Yeah, I hear what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are actually what they're supposed to be called. Suckers. I think so. 
But the, this is like a whole unique organism, as opposed to any of the suckers. Okay, so a volunteer is an offshoot off an existing organism, whereas well, a, it's not an offshoot. No, 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 no. A, I'm sorry. A sucker is an offshoot off of an existing organism. That's my understanding. A, a volunteer is a independent, self-seeding new organism. Right. That that's that's how I would. Uh, term these things. So anything uh, topical we should talk about? Well, I, you did, I, I did want to circle back to the map because oh, I have a favorite map. What's your favorite map? My, my favorite map, and granted my, my favorite maps change like year to year, but right now my favorite map is a map of, oh, what I'll call East North Central America and, uh, South East Central Canada. It's a relief map, but it's I think at one point it's it's based off of what was a three-dimensional relief map, but it's just two-dimensional. And it's a relief map basically everything from like eastern Wisconsin over to like Vermont, south to West Virginia, north to like the boreal forests of Canada. So you got the whole Great Lakes, you have the Adirondacks, you have the Catskills, you have the Ridge and Valley province, where we were in West Virginia last yeah. uh, last podcast season. Uh, you have you know, Lake Michigan, Lake Superior. You can pretty much see all of like all of the geological formations in this area. It's it's a great map. I, I've definitely spent hours just looking at the map. Um, looking at a map is pretty much my favorite thing to do. I love looking at maps. I can just get drawn in for yeah hours what do you think is so appealing about it really don't know it's a it's a really good question i have a theory what, what's your theory it's like just massive amounts of factual information that you're able to consume at the same time i you know i was just about to say the same thing is it's it, it tells stories in a way yes in a non-linear way yeah um and the, it, you're right it, it's layers of information on top of each other presented simultaneously and so there's always different ways to consider a map oh am i looking at this from a political perspective from a physical perspective from an economic perspective from a, If I were trying to walk from one place to another, how would it affect me based compared to if I was flying or... Right. The, but, and what's fascinating to me is the geography informs the politics and the economics, and the economics and the politics feed off of each other, but the geography has a very significant influence. That being said, like, I'm a Jared Diamond aficionado. We read Guns, Germs, and Steel, Geography is Destiny back in 2000 when we are uh, incoming freshmen at Cornell. So, like, yeah, I, I've uh, I've swallowed that thesis hook, line, and sinker that ge- ge- geography is destiny. But, I don't know. Do you... Do you, are, do you... Um, I, I think that is, uh, you know, has always been true. It might be coming less true uh, as work becomes so disconnected from geography because of technology because of technology um you know there'll, there'll still always be things like natural resource extraction 
natural places to build, you know, cities based on where there's water and things, sunshine, sunshine, and transportation systems to get food to places. But at the same time, uh, there's, uh, you know, people can be working for Fortune 100 companies in, in West Virginia. And that wouldn't have necessarily been the case. Uh, well, here, here's a great example about why geography may still be destiny. I think about those cute little mountain towns we went through in West Virginia, um, Thomas and Davis. The, the touristy ones? The touristy ones, Thomas okay. and Davis. You know, there was a, you know, there was a place you could get a burrito, artisanal ice cream, hipster coffee bar. Um, okay, if I was a remote worker, I'd maybe move there or live there six months out of the year. Uh-huh. If I was a remote worker, I don't know if I would move to, like, the middle of Iowa. It's flat in Iowa. Yeah, but what if you grew up in the middle of Iowa and you had a taste for whatever food they eat in Iowa? Soybean. Corn and soybeans. Soybean. And your family was in the middle of... <laughs> and your family was in central Iowa. And, you know, you had aspirations that you know, even 20 years ago would have okay. forced you to leave the town. That That's true. But what I'm trying to say is, like, geography is maybe informing uh, somebody who doesn't have ties to choose Thomas or Davis because of all the outdoor appeal of West Virginia compared to the outdoor appeal of Iowa. Right. Which is, the outdoor appeal of Iowa is uh, baseball, diamonds, and cornfields. Because if you build it, they will come. Geography is destiny. I mean, hey, you look at Atlanta. There's no reason to be in Atlanta. You look in Dallas, there's no reason to be in Dallas. Those two cities, they developed, I think, probably because of the infrastructure around the railroads that aggregated there, agglomerated there. Um, now, maybe there is some geography element, the geographic element to Dallas and Atlanta, too. Um, you know, maybe the land there was more fertile than maybe parts further south or parts further west in the case of uh, Dallas. Um, Atlanta is my the least favorite and my least favorite city that I've ever been to. I think that's that's fighting words. To somebody who's an Atlanta booster, maybe. But I mean, I we have a lot of. Listeners. I like Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, first of all, we have Atlanta to really thank for Joe Biden for being our president, right? Yeah, And sure. also Atlanta for why the Senate is currently um, democratically controlled. Nice, um, nice place to, to vote from, but I wouldn't want to live there. Uh, capital of black America. I mean, the largest black, upper middle class, upper class. Like, uh, I'm not... Yeah, this, the sprawl of Atlanta is problematic, but like they have, have you heard about the Beltway uh, bike path that they have? No. It's like a forty-five mile bike path that just completely encircles Atlanta. I mean, here down here, down here in the south towns of Buffalo, we can't even have a bike path go two miles without the NIMBYs getting getting involved. All I really remember is it was very hot, very humid. Were you there in the summer? Uh, it must have been during the academic year, but could have been summer adjacent. What brought you to Atlanta? A quiz bowl tournament. Were you in college? High yeah, school? College. Um, 
it's a very nerdy reason, but I found it uh, just an unpleasant place to be. So I think, so we're right in downtown East Aurora right now. Um, they're probably shooting some Hallmark holiday film about a prince for Christmas that we, we don't know about. Um, many Hallmark films are filmed in East Aurora, New York. Um, if East Aurora is where white people go to die, I think Atlanta is where black people go to die. Like, all of my black friends are like, I just want to move to Atlanta or like Charlotte. They want to move to the New South. Right. Um, I think you're being a little bit hard on Atlanta, personally. But it's fair. that's fair. Like, worst city, least favorite city you've ever visited. I tried to get pizza after 10 o'clock and I couldn't. Nobody would sell me a pizza. Should have gone for some hot chicken. Uh, I, maybe that's not an Atlanta thing. That's a... Um, it's a Nashville thing. Well, that that was the mistake I made. I should have gone to Nashville. Have you been to Nashville? Never been to Nashville. I think you'd like Atlanta more than Nashville. Nashville, it's um, it's very white. It's very like all the, all these white guys with cowboy boots. You forget that I do love country music. Yes, yes, yes. Um, hey, Willie Nelson was just. Uh, um, Added to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just last night. Pretty exciting. Good. They, they actually said Willie Nelson was rockabilly. Now, like, if you're a country music aficionado, what, what is the difference between Americana, country, alt-country, and rockabilly? Well, you know me. I'm not big on categorization of things. I, I know you love this game. <laughs> this this podcast should not be called Trippin' on Roads. This podcast should be called The Odd Couple. To categorize or not to categorize, that is the question. I I, I just I I have a hard time taking something like music and putting it into neat little boxes. Um I I think styles blend. Um style and that's when music is often at its very best oh yeah um, i mean willie nelson sings some blues songs he sings some jazz he he sings country he, he uh he's got an edge of rock to some of his songs um some are are, are kind of real poppy um you know he he's uh he's got a lot of talents he's he plays in a lot of genres and it's pretty rare that you can point to one of his songs and say specifically this is e easily categorized in in you know one tiny little box i like i like where you're going with this idea that well music you really can't categorize because any artist i think is constantly in conversation dialogue being influenced and influencing other artists and it evolves. Um, so, like, that, I think that's the really exciting thing about music and culture is it's a constant evolution. It's it's constantly um, progressing, maturing, doubling back on itself. Influencers, collab collaborations. Like, I mean, talk about country. Taylor Swift. I think she started off as country. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like Taylor Swift until she collabed with Aaron Dessner of The National in Folklore. Uh-huh. Now I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Now I'm not like a Swifty Swifty, but like, 
I like I will. I'm not afraid to admit I like Taylor Swift. You know, no, uh, uh, big Swifty myself. Um, all hail our Lord and Savior. Maybe Taylor should do a collab with Willie Nelson. Maybe Taylor's next album should be a rockabilly album. Uh, Taylor, if you're listening, I am strongly in favor of you doing a, a collaboration with uh, Willie Nelson. Also, let me know where I can send my script uh, for my movie about banjos uh, to you. I think you'd really enjoy it. Taylor is listening because this is the best podcast, best new podcast of 2023. Um, so, yeah, I still, I couldn't tell you what the difference is between rockabilly, Americana, and uh, alt country. Maybe alt country is a little bit more rocky, punk I, rocky. I have no idea what alt Think Uncle Tupelo. You know, your favorite band before oh, your... I love Uncle Tupelo. So it's got a little little 90s rock edge to it. Yeah, a little, little punk, little Ramones to it. I think Rockabilly is a little bit more like... 1950s. Genteel, sort of. yeah. And then... Um, Americana, I think it's going to have more elements of bluegrass in it. I think, I think so. Yeah. Bluegrass. Yeah. Banjo. We've seen a couple of good Americana bands at my favorite um, music venue in the city of Buffalo, Sportsman's Tavern. We have. Yeah. Have you been to Sportsman's recently? Not recently, no. couple of shows not too long ago that I wanted to see it just never worked out always something else going on the same night yeah I haven't seen a show like I saw a show at Duende Duende is a pretty good place for live music too um, Duende is a Spanish word for I think dream, dreams or the act of dreaming Duende is right at the Green Silos in Buffalo fantastic fantastic bar I shouldn't I don't actually want the secret to get out too much before like the you know, the riffraff start showing up, so I shouldn't even be talking about it one day. Uh, yeah, well, you know, all of our listeners like Taylor Swift are going to be showing up and, and going to, uh, <laughs> to one day. Uh, so here we are, we're approaching Hunter's Creek. We actually had a beautiful view of the foothills of the uh, um, Allegheny Plateau. Um, and now I think Hunter's Creek is right up here on the right. You see a sign with an arrow pointing to the right. Now, here's the question. Do they say Hunter's Creek, or do they say... It says Sergeant no? Morky Rademacher. Memorial Park. No, I just got a text message. Um, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to do a little bit more research on rockabilly versus Americana versus alt-country. Apparently, this was a big. There was a big deal when um, Taylor Swift's 1989 came out because she changed her classification of her music from um, country to pop. I think pop. Um, so. All right. Well, here we are. We're gonna go on a little. I don't know. Maybe a two mile walk through the woods. The sun's out. It's a beautiful November afternoon. Um, we've fallen back. So I think we have an hour less of sunlight than we usually would this time of day. Um, but we should be back for part two of uh, this season, this season's podcast. Um, so 
I guess. Uh, As they say in in Spain, a So See you guys soon. <laughs>